We are on a time crunch, so I am calling the June 8th Student Success and Policy Committee meeting to order um, at 6.42. Linda, would you please take the roll? Chair Chisty. Present. Uh, Trustee Green, not yet present. Trustee Chung. Present. Student Trustee Brandt. Present. You do have quorum. Wonderful. Um, and I want to recognize our um, incoming Academic Senate President, Sherry. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Moralia, welcome. And I also want to recognize our incoming student trustee, Heather Brand. Welcome. This is going to be a fun meeting. <laughs> All right. So um, before we get started, I am going to read the land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula as the indigenous stewards of this land. And in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors elders and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. Um, I also want to um, acknowledge um, Trustee Solomon, who is um, participating in our committee today. So let's go ahead and move to public comment. Um, we please note public uh, comment on items on the agenda will be called at the time of the item. At this time, we'll take public comment on items not on the agenda. Linda, any public comment? Great, we're gonna to move to minutes for um, the May 11th meeting. Um, trustees, do I have a motion to approve the minutes? Moved. Moved by Trustee Chung. Seconded. Seconded by... Um, Student Trustee Brandt, um, uh, Linda, could you please take the roll? I'm going to abstain as I wasn't student trustee or present. Um, Chair Chisty? Aye. Chair, uh, sorry, <laughs> Trustee Chung? Aye. The motion passes. Awesome. Great. Now we are moving right along to the next item, which is awards and recognition and just wanted to provide a little bit of context. Um, this has been something that I've been thinking about some time about really building into our board meetings of how we can recognize um, staff and faculty and students and just all the people that make up the fabric of City College of San Francisco. And so I know we've done this in different ways at our board meetings, but just wanted to really like build it into practice and thought um, a place that we could perhaps start is the Student Success and Policy Committee. And so um, I am very excited to um, recognize our former academic Senate President Micha Sapienza today and um, just really take this opportunity to commend you and to acknowledge all of your hard work. And um, at least in my time on the board, just working with you has been absolutely amazing. And I just really appreciate having you um, as someone that I can call and learn from and just um, and you also coming in and participating in the uh, Ramadan event that we had for iftar and so all of that really means a lot to me and you've done a lot of great work around equity in this college I know the resolution uh, the DEI hiring resolution was at the board last month and so I know that was not an easy um, endeavor so just thank you Thank you on behalf of our college community. And I would love, um, you know, oh, oh uh, yes, there's a there's a frame. But before I give this to you, um, I would love my colleagues to, um, if they have any 
words that they would like to share? Um, you know, I've, uh, president, outgoing president, um, Sefianza, you are, you know, I've worked with you when I was a student leader here and your commitment to, um, really in, in participatory governance in equity work has always been such an inspiration. It's been incredible working with you. And I know you, you said you'll be in other spaces, um, you know, still doing this amazing work. Um, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to have worked with you. You know, we when we worked on um, the right orientation to help more students get involved in um, participatory governance, your, your support and your willingness to, to go on tour with me, um, to introduce it to um, all the college stakeholders, you know, that that degree of um, support is, is something that um, is, is going to be, you know, essentially your presence in those spaces will be deeply missed. Thank you. I don't know where to begin. Um, I guess I'll start by saying I'm going to miss you in the Academic Senate Associated Students Unite meetings. And um, it's been a pleasure to work with you on enrollment management, uh, with you serving as the co-chair, um, and to have been able to present with you not once but twice within the Student Senate for California Community Colleges. So thank you for your contributions. All right. Um, Mija, this is not um, rehearsed, but would you like to come up and say a few words before we present this award to you? I need a tissue box. Um, well, I am just so honored um, and so unprepared. Um, I could read a poem, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just, yeah, I just believe that all of the work that we accomplish, I know there are lots of struggles, um, lots of uh, repair and movement forward that we need to still get our feet under us. Um, but I honestly couldn't do half of the things, a fraction of the things without all of you um, and the, you know, many others at the college. So I just, I'm just very honored and, and speechless. And thank you so much for all the kind words. <laughs> thank you so much, Misha. Um, so on behalf of the Board of Trustees, Chancellor Martin, Board President Wong, and myself, we would love to present this certificate of appreciation to you. Um, thank you. Great. Awesome. Um, that was wonderful. Um, okay, I'm going to keep us moving along. So we are moving on to um, action uh, to 5A, um, which is a board policy update BP 1.015 on um, student trustee. Um, is there any presentation or something? Mm -hmm. that we have Chancellor Martin. Thank you, Chair Chisty. Nothing in the form of a formal presentation, just a couple of comments in regards to the process. So the uh, desire to uh, memorialize uh, the student trustees participation in uh, permissible closed session items uh, is reflected uh, in the attachment with the removal of uh, the except for closed sec session uh, section of the uh, board policy. And I know Trustee Chung made comments at the past uh, Student Success and Policy Committee meeting regarding uh, potentially including updates to uh, education code regarding student uh, organizations and student governance and participation in uh, student governance. And that's something that is not reflective uh, in this uh, student trustee uh, policy. Uh, we do have board policy in chapter five that relates to student activities and organizations. And uh, after doing some research, that is uh, where we have our education code chapters seven, six. Uh, so the recommendation would be to include uh, that updated language there, but we would certainly take uh, any feedback and direction from the board. Uh, but in looking at keeping our chapter structured with the ed code uh, the recommendation would be to include that language in chapter five. 
Got it. Thank you. And so before I open this up for uh, discussion with my colleagues, um, Linda, do we have any public comment? No, we do not. All right. Um, I will go ahead and open this up for discussion. Um, I think Trustee Chung, there were some points we had um, touched base about student trustee privileges. I'll turn it over to you. Um, and if I actually may ask for some assistance um, with pulling up the ed code, so the ones that are directly coded on the um, current uh, uh, board policy, 7, 72.0, oh, sorry, 72023.5, as well as 72103. I'm so sorry to put you on the spot, Ms. Esteban. And, and I, I guess I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit. The reason why I wanted to pull up this language is that because there there is a it says um, and and I um, while I think that yes they exist in right the Ed Code seventy six zero six one that I had mentioned that right that is explicitly about um, right it's listed within student organizations and student government. Um, and outlines the ability for students who are um, disabled to take less than five units, as well as students who are non-credit um, and engaged in a enrolled in an adult ed program. The reason why I wanted to be so explicit about listing it here is that if we don't list it here, it establishes a tier, right? That essentially a student trustee must be a credit student. It can and and whereas other positions are right non-credit and disabled students um, are not allowed access to the student trustee position and the reason why i'm bringing this up is that when right when you read the clause um here regarding 7720 um there's a section that lists right uh the part where it says right sorry um miss esteban if you can stop so uh, in A2, right, when you look at the last um, three sentences, right, a student member may be required throughout their term from there, right, a student member shall be required throughout the term of his or her appointment to be enrolled in a community college or the district for at least five semester units or its equivalent. And that's the part that I want to emphasize, or its equivalent, being able to define what does it mean it's equivalent, and that's why I wanted to pull in 76.061. And if that's permissible by um, the committee members. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that I mean, that makes sense. I don't know, Chancellor Martin, is there any response to that? No, that's certainly something that we can uh, include in the uh, amendments this afternoon mm -hmm. and forward it to the full board later on this month. And is or it's a equivalent implying non-credit, is that the understanding or? Right, and so that's where it's not defined here, but in 76, sorry, yeah, 76061, the ed code for student government, right, for student mm -hmm. leaders, mm -hmm. it does in B and C, right, it establishes that disabled students are able to be enrolled under five units and non-credit students who are enrolled in an adult ed program, right? So basically we're saying by being explicit, we're saying those students can also run for the student trustee position. So could we say um, like, or it's equivalent, I mean, just for clarity as defined in whatever place we want to reference. So it's just very clear with that. Yes, that's certainly something we can do. Great. Um, another discussion? So I think I'll need a motion. So moved. So um, the motion on the table is to amend um, board policy 1.015 um, to state um, in the first sentence, five, a minimum of five semester units or its equivalent as referenced in the appropriate ed code 76061. Yes. Yeah, um, and um, does this need to go back to oh, PGC? I don't believe so because we are making updates that uh, are in accordance with California Ed Code. So we would report back to them, but I think procedurally it can move forward. 
Great. So the motion is to make that amendment and um, then send it to the full board with a positive recommendation as amended. Is there a second? Sorry, I'll second it. Wonderful. So uh, moved by Trustee Chung, seconded by student Trustee Brandt. Uh, Linda, could we please take roll? Sorry, is there room for discussion? I just wasn't sure where. Yeah, we just had it. But oh, if sorry. you'd, um, before we take roll, you can. Yep. Okay. Um, I was just curious about equivalency um, or how that's defined. And I know you were talking about that, um, Trustee Chung, um, but I wasn't sure if that also had to do with like the quarter system versus the semester system um, at certain institutions. I'm just curious about how this aligns with governing documents that exist for uh, for student leaders, although I'm sure those can be adjusted and changed. I am in support and in favor of allowing disabled and non-credit student representation. And if I'm paraphrase, if I may paraphrase from from um, Dr. Martin, what I understood was that the administration would help to work um, right the the details of that into our local student governing documents to include right the the B and C elements right for disabled students and non-credit um, adult ed program enrollees. Um, but what we're trying to do at the board policy level is just to align it to California Ed Code. Thank you for the clarification. Great, wonderful. Uh, Linda, roll call. Student Trustee Brand, advisory vote. Aye. Chair Chisty. Aye. Trustee Chung. Aye. The motion passes. Wonderful, great. Moving along, I am going to call items. Um, I don't have the uh, B, C, and D together. Um, and just in the interest of time, so is there um, just a quick overview that we could have, please? Uh, certainly. So these are uh, updates to existing board policies uh, as they have gone through our governance process and presented here for a first read. Uh, the articulation is uh, the board policy which governs how uh, students articulate to uh, other institutions. And then the philosophy and criteria for degrees in general education, those are the standards uh, for awarding uh, degrees uh, for our general education programs. Uh, and then did you say C, Chair Chisney? Uh, and then D as well? Okay, and then D is a new board policy regarding debt management. So this is direct response to uh, an accreditation core inquiry. Uh, one of the board policies that was missing, missing uh, from our chapters uh, was a board policy in respects to when the district takes on debt. Uh, that debt is in the form of general obligation bonds, uh, trans uh, tax and revenue anticipation notes, uh, certificates of participation, and other financing sources. So this is something that uh, districts do uh, maybe once or twice uh, every few decades, uh, but that is a board policy we need for accreditation standards. Thank you, Chancellor Martin. Um, before I open it up for discussion, Linda, do we have any public comment on these items? No, we do not. Okay, great. Um, are there any discussions or notes? And if not, then I would appreciate a motion to move this to the full board with a positive recommendation. Moved. Seconded. Wonderful. Moved by Trustee Chung, seconded by Student Trustee Brand. Linda, could you please take roll? Student Trustee Brand, advisory vote. Aye. Chair Chisty. Aye. Trustee Chung. Aye. The motion passes. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Moving on to reports and discussion. Um, item A, which I believe is a, a presentation, um, a scholarship presentation for non-resident students. And so this is something that I'm really eager to hear about and we'll um, turn it over to Dr. Cooper Wilkins. Good evening again. Um, it's uh, my pleasure to have my colleague, Lisa Morton, I believe is in the audience, who's going to provide a presentation um, that I think provides some clarity to funding sources for um, non-resident students. And so I believe that she is in the audience and I don't know if we can pull up the presentation. Dr. Cooper Wilkins, I do not see Lisa on right now. Um, I believe she said 
she's in the waiting room, whatever that means. Okay, let me just do a double check. Can we, um, okay, and we can pull up the presentation. I know we are crunched for time. <laughs> yeah, we're doing, we're doing good, actually. <laughs> If we're waiting, may I actually ask something, um, Chair Chisty? I actually wanted to ask, because I know we're talking about the scholarship universe. I wanted to ask um, student um, trustee Brandt, um, have you interfaced with uh, the scholarship universe and what's your experience been like applying or assisting other students in applying for scholarships? Actually, I think I might pause this. Is our speaker... I'm sorry. I just want to, um, I want the opportunity to be presented first and then we could like really delve into this because I have similar questions. Um, I don't know if the speaker is. No. Oh, okay. Um, is there something high level that you could provide us with? Dr. Cooper Wilkins and my best. I will yeah, I think the slides are pretty straightforward <laughs> in the beginning. So maybe you could just walk us through them and we could kind of. Sure. So um, part of the opportunity here was to educate the board about the scholarship universe and the opportunity um, that using this particular software provides our students. It's embedded all of the opportunity to apply for scholarships into um, Campus Logic. So it's connected to. Um, the uh, my RAM portal for students and just makes it seamless for them to be able to apply and have their documents related to um, applying for scholarships all there. And also the ability to provide messaging back and forth to students about when scholarship opportunities come up. Next slide. Is she here? Oh, yes, I've been in the waiting room. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Lisa. Go oh, ahead. that's okay. That's all right. I don't know if this is the updated uh, PowerPoint or not. It is. It is? Okay. And just really quickly, I'll say that Lisa Morton is our scholarship uh, coordinator in the Office of Financial Aid. Are you are you ready for me to jump in? Yes, please do. We okay. are ready for you, Lisa. Oh, okay. All right. Awesome. So yes, my name is Lisa Morton. I'm a financial aid specialist. I do um, also help in the scholarship office, and I'm excited to share a little bit about um what the scholarship offers uh, offers to our students. So um, as it looks like they started to explain that we have a portal and the students have access to it through their MyRAM um, login, and then they'll select Scholarship Universe. And we can go quickly through this portal just to kind of give you a glimpse of what they experience as a student, um, you know, uh, applying for scholarships. So next slide. Or do I have the ability to move my slide? There we go. Okay. So first, what they're going to do is they're going to start um, answering questions. And there's a lot of analytics behind it. So um, it what the system is going to do, it's going to try to match them to pot uh, potential scholarships through the way that they answer the questions. Now, um, we're going to get into this a little bit deeper, how um, all the different scholarships have certain criteria. And so we're trying to match that student with the criteria of all of our scholarships that we offer here at City College. Um, so we can go to the next slide. All right, so um, the way that it's going to do, uh, the way that it works is that it's gonna show the students what scholarships that they matched with. Now on this screen, you're gonna see that it'll give you the name of the scholarship and it'll have the application where they can fill it out. And we're gonna go ahead and move on to the next slide. And I'm gonna show you the difference between the types of scholarships that we offer on this. So we normally suggest that the student use this top drop-down box up here that selects our school scholarships first. So it's gonna, put those at the top. And then as um, they go through all of them that they've matched with, then it's going to start show showing external scholarships. So our internal scholarships are represented by the pillar of the building. And then our external is um, represented by the globe. And that's for all scholarships that are outside of City College. So um, Banner actually sends the information from Banner to Scholarship Universe on a night. Oh, you can you can go to the next slide. Sorry, um, 
on a nightly basis. So um, it's it works out really nice for the students because a lot of the information is preloaded for them. So they so that we get really accurate information. So if a student might add a class or drop a class in the middle of the night, uh, the, the IT uh, department runs the, the um, updated information, sends it over to Scholarship Universe, and then it's updated um, for the student on the next day. So we'll, so that's a great uh, feature that the, that the platform allows. We'll go to the next slide. So um, basically what they're going to what they're encouraged to do is to answer every question. You don't want to leave anything blank. And so um, they'll be posed these questions that they'll answer. And we're going to go to the next slide. And then um, most of our scholarships require a personal statement. So right on here, we, we give them some really good things to write about and include in their statement. Um, we also uh, send them to the Writing Success Project in the library where we have um, faculty and helpers that will help that the student write their personal statement, proofread it, go over it with them. And then when they're ready and it's looking really good and strong, they can just click the link to upload their statement. And so that's a really good feature that we offer at uh, City College is that assistance in helping people write a solid personal statement. All right, next slide. Uh, our, a lot of our scholarships also require letters of recommendation. And so it's built right into the system. They will click that add. And then the next slide should show that it's going to ask for their the faculty member's name and um, email address. And they will email uh, the, their recommender um, and you know request that they write this letter of recommendation. So if we go to the next slide, uh, it allows the student to uh, type a message, a personal message to that instructor or, or counselor, and um, they can they can put a deadline in. So if our deadline for our scholarships for spring is March 10th, I normally advise them to to move the deadline up about a week. That way, in case this uh, instructor isn't able to upload that, they can you know, have a fallback person or, or a second selection. But they can also, I also encourage them to attach their personal statement. So it gives some more insight um, to that person that's going to be doing this letter of recommendation. Because as a faculty member in the classroom, we might know a little bit about the student, but if we have their personal statement that tells us even more, we can write a better letter of recommendation. So they would submit that. And we can go to our next slide. Uh, we also require an official, unofficial transcript be submitted with their application. So it's really awesome. Kevin Lee is just amazing. He's included these links so that the student can literally click on that MyRAM portal. It'll take them right to where they need to go to get their transcript. We give them the instructions that you do control P to print it, to save it to your desktop, to upload to the link, or on a Mac, we give you the command um, P. And it, it makes it really nice and easy. In the past, they used to take pictures, partial pictures. It wasn't the complete uh, unofficial transcript and it was a problem. So we've tried to make it as simple as possible for our students. And we'll go to the next screen. So once they've submitted their application, they're able to go back onto Scholarship Universe. They're able to see their awards, you know, the award year that they were awarded this scholarship, the amount, the date of the award and so forth. Um, if we go to the next screen, they can look to make sure that they've submitted all their documents and a lot of them really start to worry about that. You know, did you get my transcript? Did you get my letter of recommendation? You can see all of that doc, uh, documentation under their My Docs. And then the next screen, please. All right. So that's kind of a very quick overview of what the student sees on uh, Scholarship Universe and how they access the majority of our scholarships. We do still have scholarships that some departments um, have chosen not to participate on our Scholarship Universe portal. Majority of them do. I mean, it, it took a few years to really get them away from those paper application processes. Uh, but there are still a few uh, departments that um, it's a little bit difficult. Like for cinema, they have to turn in short films and things of that nature, and they've opted just to keep it the way it is. But I would say the majority of our faculty has embraced this new process, especially with COVID and everybody being remote. It's really worked out great. They have access to it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We were asked to kind of talk about how um, 
the scholarship uh, office reaches our students? How do we promote our scholarships? Well, we do uh, both uh, in-person and Zoom workshops. So when we get to the spring scholarship cycle, we offer um, like in-person, typically an MUB. I've gone to John Adams. If other campuses uh, want us to present, we will go there and present. So we usually, we did a couple this year at John Adams as well. Um, and we also offer them uh, via Zoom. And Amy Miles in the English department, she usually joins me and talks about the personal statement and it, it really works out well. Uh, we also do classroom presentations. So any uh, faculty member can uh, reach out to our uh, financial aid office to request a presentation for financial aid and or scholarships. We do direct email campaigns. So if we have a specific scholarship and um, you know, maybe that uh, may, the art department might want us to reach out to their students to say, hey, you've matched with this scholarship. We'll do an email campaign and we'll say, you know, you success successfully matched the criteria. We encourage you to apply for this scholarship. We do the same type of thing with our text messaging campaigns. We also have the option on Signifying to text message students to tell them about opportunities. We have a social media page on Instagram and Facebook where we keep our students uh, in the loop on scholarship opportunities. Uh, also, we, we, we like to advertise in city notes. And then um, our scholarship um, office has a virtual counter uh, five days a week. And you know students are more than welcome to come in and discuss and to get help uh, filling out their applications or just asking in general about scholarships. All right, so just to let you guys know, I don't know how many people know this, but last year I added it up for 2022. The scholarship office paid out $1.6 million worth of scholarships. We have general scholarships, select departments, and outside scholarships. So I was just going to bring a few to the table here today. Our OSHER scholarships, we have the OSHER initiative and the OSHER endowment. Um, our budget for fall and spring of this year was 600000 between those two OSHER um, scholarships. Um, the Corette Scholarship offered a $1,500 scholarship, and the budget for that was $94,500. We're in the process right now of selecting our new Foundation Promise Scholarship recipients. So that's a $10,000 award that's given to San Francisco high school graduates that are attending CCSF um, in the fall. And that amount of money is um, paid out over two years during their program. We're trying to encourage them to, to graduate within the two years with their associate's degree. They have to join the Metro program and they get counseling. They have to take a, a three classes with that program. And um, so uh, Sarah Wan King and I have been interviewing the, the new high school graduates and um, are getting ready to select those on behalf of the foundation who supports that scholarship. We also have uh, our faculty, various faculty members, deans, uh, retired faculty member that are, are uh, the people that are behind the scenes that go in and select the recipients. They score them, they review them, and then they let our scholarship office know who to pay out. So uh, we do appreciate everyone and all of their hard work. All right, next slide. So I was asked to talk about non-resident scholarship opportunities. So I wanna take a moment to dive into that topic. So as you can see on the screen, there's not a whole lot of scholarships that are offered to like our international students. And um, it's becoming more of a concern for colleges and higher education. Um, as you guys are probably aware of Prop 209, um, scholarships need to be open to everyone. And we're going to talk about that on a slide in the upcoming um, slides here. But, uh, you know, back in, well, look, there was a new scholarship that was starting for, started for Black Lives Matter, and that was for a Black male. Well, that is what the Supreme Court right now is um, investigating, and they should have a decision by the end of June on this topic, as we know, uh, the same uh, rules are, are basically applying to college admissions and it's flowing over into scholarship opportunities. We want scholarships to be accessible to all. We don't want any barriers, right? So um, in at our uh, most recent financial aid seminar I attended in Monterey, 
they were suggesting that if you know, we, we are offering international scholarships, that it would be an outside, outside um, scholarship and not an internal. Um, so just kind of something to think about. But the Asian Pacific Islander American Scholarship, it's an outside scholarship. We promote it. We encourage it as an outside scholarship and it pays out between 2,500 and 5,000 to each student. Um, the Asian Coalition Scholarship also um, has the same criteria. And then um, for our dream scholarships for our AB 540 students, again, that's a narrow uh, eligibility. So we're going to be able to expand that in the future by just suggesting that the student be a member of City Dream rather than uh, this particular criteria, which which isn't inclusive to everyone. So it's it's really going to be a challenge, but we're going to jump in here and kind of take a look at the at the demographics of things. So this first slide here is um, scholarship re recipients versus non-recipients by term. So if we look at the gray, um, that's the number of students that are enrolled for this semester. So down at the bottom, we start with 2019-70, which is our fall semester in 2019. There were there were a little over 25,000 students and around 1,512 students received scholarships. Um, if we look at the next um, semester, which is uh, the spring of 2020, we had about a little over 20, uh, 22,600 students with about you know, 1,555. Now in the summer, we don't really offer a whole lot of scholarships. Sometimes they do pay out. Um, our spring scholarships, uh, a lot of times, maybe the reviewers don't get to it till the summer. So you're gonna see a little bit in the summer. As we go through into fall 2020, you can see our enrollments going down, but yet in 2020, um, we basically, our, our, um, our numbers stayed pretty steady right? Um, twenty the, the fall of 2020 and the spring of 20, uh, 2130, which would be, uh, yeah, 2021 spring, around 1,557. Then we're getting over here to like about the middle of COVID, right? Um, and we start to see a little decline in our enrollment as well as our recipients. And then now um, when we look over to the right, the 2022-70 is fall, the 2023-30 is spring. Again, our enrollment is going down and so are recipients, but they're holding pretty steady. Um, so not too bad. Uh, you can go to the next slide. All right, so this screen here, I hope it gives you a good snapshot of um, scholarship recipients versus Pell recipients versus students who receive the CCPG. So for those of you who are not sure what that is, um, I should have turned my camera on. Sorry about that. Um, the CCPG is where the state of California is covering the tuition for the student. And so um, this gives you a pretty good picture of um, scholarships, financial aid, and enrollment by term. Does anyone have any questions? I know I'm going through this pretty fast. I should probably ask if anyone has questions. Is I think we do, but maybe we can finish the presentation and then we can open it up for questions. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. Thank you. So if I need to slow down, just let me know. I know we're, I, I had about 10 minutes and I got a lot to cover. Um, so if, uh, so I feel like this bring, that this gives us a pretty good picture of, of where we're at. All right. Next slide. So we were asked to give some information on residency and on um, demographics. So we're going to jump into that. So you can see the majority of our students are California residents, uh, both the enrolled and those scholarship recipients. 1% uh, foreign residents, 6% uh, out of state. AB 540 was about 2%. So if we look at the, the chart on the right, we see that 92% of our scholarship recipients are California residents. Um, AB 540 was 4%, out of state was 3%, and those foreign residents only, only equate to like 1%, which is pretty much what the population was. All right, next slide. So we 
tried to break down a little bit what's going on with our how many students are AB 540, California residents, foreign residents, and then the number of recipients in each of those categories. So I wanted to provide that for you. And it, it pretty much matches that, that previous screen. Now, here's the demographic comparison that we were asked to present on. So if we look at our total population based on ethnicity, and then on the, the total population is the on the left, and then the scholarship re, um, recipients are on the right. So you can see that on the pie chart, 26% of our students are Asian, but 41% of scholarship re, uh, recipients were Asian. Um, I would say they're pretty close um, in most of the categories with the exception of that Asian population. So this, this also gives a good representation of um, the ethnicity of our recipients versus our uh, student population. All right, so we also tried to break that down. Um, two or more means they're biracial. They, they may put more than one that they identify with more than just one uh, ethnicity. And so we broke down by the ethnicity versus the scholarship recipients. You might wanna download this if this is something that you really wanna dig in and, and look at. So we were also asked what kind of questions are on Scholarship Universe and are uh, part of our scholarship program. The most commonly used matching questions are basically how many units um, is the student enrolled in currently at CCSF? What's their GPA? Most of them have at least a 2.0 GPA, but some, you know, are 3.0 uh, or higher. How many units have they already earned at our school? Um, what's our what's their current or intended major? There's a lot of them that will that award based on the major. How much unmet need do they have? So there's two types of scholarship. One is merit, totally based on your merit, doesn't look at your income. The other is um, financial need based scholarships that are going to look for that population that is uh, has a lower income and therefore needs more support. Um, so it'll ask, do they have any financial need? Because we, we offer a lot of funding opportunities here. Um, of course, Free City, CCPG, Pell Grants, Cal Grants, um, lots of different grants, federal work study opportunities. So it's going to look to see, do they still have an unmet need uh, when, when awarding these scholarships? And um, they're also going to ask um, the ethnicity of the student. So those are the top ones. I have a separate report that I will put gladly put into the chat area for you that breaks down all of the questions from all of our um, scholarship opportunities on Scholarship Universe through City College. So I'll drop that in the chat at the end. All right, next slide. So that really is it in a nutshell. Um, I do want to thank Kevin Lee. He's our IT business analyst. He really helped me with the reporting uh, aspect uh, today that, that was requested. So I hope that that was the information that you were looking for. Um, and let's open it up to some questions. Like I said, I'm, I'm a financial aid specialist, but I do help in the scholarship office. And Ann, too, is our, our coordinator. Wonderful. Thank you so much, um, yes. Lisa, for that thorough presentation. I really, really appreciate it. And so um, before I open it up for discussion, um, just procedurally, Linda, do we have any public comment? No, we do not. All right. There is no public comment on this oh, item. So okay. I will be opening this up for discussion, but just kind of wanted to preface um, the conversation a little bit. And um, I think the reason that I called for this presentation was um, tied to the tuition increase for non-resident students that we community colleges don't have much say over, but it's controlled at the state level. But it, I think, begs the question of, well, if we're increasing tuition for this group of students, what financial aid opportunities do they have? And it does not seem like there's much. Um, but at the same time, I think this presentation ties into, I think, a point Trustee Chung was bringing up about, 
what's the scholarship process like in general too? So I think there's two topics that I imagine that board members are going to kind of be going in between. Um, and so I have quite a few questions. Um, and I think I think the other note that I do want to make is that um, thank you so much for including that demographic information. I had um, requested that when I was able to see the presentation. I unfortunately did not have time to study it. So I don't feel that I can um, appropriately kind of delve into some of the charts that um, we went over. And I, I would have really appreciated the opportunity to see some of that data in advance. And I think um, I think I'm going to touch upon a little bit later um, on our student success and policy agenda of how we can better um, have flow of presentations and content of presentations. But I, but at the same time, I also really appreciated the walkthrough of the scholarship uh, uh, experience for a student applying. So I have a lot of questions, um, and but this is really exciting, and I think um, I think you know members on this board feel really passionate about how do we really amp up scholarship opportunities for students and whether that's looking at the foundation, um, as I know Trustee Chung has also mentioned that, so <laughs> which I mean I also really care about. So um, I'm going to pause there and I know that there were some questions about specific slides, so I think whoever was presenting just to kind of be prepared to go to the specific slides as some of our questions come up, but I will um, turn it over to my uh, to the trustees and then I also want to apologize to um, AVC Star that we will most likely not be able to um, get to the um, item B, the hiring data report discussion. So I sincerely apologize for that. And um, I will open it up to my colleagues. Um, thank you, Chair Shisty. Um, Just also, just as we aren't able to get into item 6B, I, um, if, okay, I see you, AVC <laughs> Star. I was actually hoping, um, if permitted, I think this is something that um, uh, Chair Chisty had briefly touched on, but I think um, the hope is, because I often feel like as it's incredibly hard to dictate the in, sort of the instructions or the, the ask coming from the board, and um, I, you know, I'm trying to, I try to transcribe it through email, but perhaps some of it, it requires a little bit more of a dialogue. And so I'm through the chancellor, if I may, I'd, I'd love to work with you, ABC Star, to kind of work through some of the the things that um, I, I would love our a report to come back and for what it, to include. English. <laughs> uh, certainly, Trustee Chung. And I know that uh, the report from last month was inadvertently rolled forward and we did make uh, many changes and uh, attached a new report uh, based on that feedback. So we'll continuously uh, seek guidance and improve it uh, as it, the trustees would like to see. But I would just like to point out that the current board docs does have an updated document to it. Thank you. Um, thank you, Dr. Martin. Um, so just circling back to thank you, um, uh, Ms. Morton, for, for um, taking the time to present that. It was incredibly inf um, useful and um, would love to make sure that that slide is available to uh, the trustees that's on the board, board docs. Um, but I wanted to actually turn this over to um, student trustee Brandt um, to ask, right, you know, because I know that um, whether you've applied or you've assisted other students applying for scholarships, I think something that was a little bit concerning, uh, my assumption was that, oh, there's if there's less students to compete for these scholarships, we would be able to get, like, we would still be able to distribute the same amount of scholarships, right, but to with less competition, right? But then it seems like there's a ratio, right? Even when we serve less students, we're still distributing less scholarships. And so that's, I, I wonder if it's an accessibility issue. And so, um, student trustee Brown. So, um, I don't have much experience with scholarship universe with the, the only exception that I do have experience with it, um, is in having previously served for two years in different student leadership positions, which are connected to scholarships and going through the process in that, uh, way. Um, I have also spent time talking to Kevin Lee. He's super helpful, as as is Lisa. 
in supporting students and financial aid. Um, the pre-populated information is super helpful for students so that they don't have to go through their own records and find that information and ensure that it's accurate. Um, it looks like it lines up. Um, one of the things that I've experienced though is not having enough time to complete the questions before getting kicked out of the system. Um, and um, that was a frustration I had and that I was able to speak with uh, Kevin about he gave me some suggestions. However, um, I continue to have the same issue and I have not been able to follow back up with him. Um, and I'm not sure if that's something that other students also experience or if I'm just someone who is slower at completing um, the process, but I can't be the only student that, <laughs> that takes time to do um, the different things that are asked such as importing documents. Um, and I'm not sure that each and every scholarship requires that. Um, and But there are tons of options both I think internal and external, which are great. Um, I was curious about scholarship outreach and whether any of that is done in languages beyond English. You know what, that's a really good question. We do offer it and uh, we've been offering it mostly in English, but we do have Spanish as well. Uh, so I know over at John Adams, we've, we've uh, I've sent uh, Spanish speakers um, Daniel over at Chinatown is really good about offering, I, I believe it's Cantonese. Um, so he's been very helpful, but those are, are mainly the three languages, uh, primarily being English, but that's, you know, we're, we're willing to, uh, you know, do other presentations in other languages if need be, if, if, if requested, that's a, that's a good question. Thank you for that. And I, um... yeah, sure. It's nice to see the overview of um, how many scholarships were awarded and how much. Um, unfortunately, the virgin, version of slides I have doesn't align with what was presented. And so it makes it a little bit more challenging to ask some of the questions mm -hmm. um, because the presentation was a little, I don't wanna say long, it's not a bad thing. It was thorough, I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I can't go back to the different areas where I had questions. Um, and, you know, I would like to offer just something just real quick um, that, that might have been a concern. And, and that's that I want to let everyone know that um, Associate Vice Chancellor Kristen, uh, she, she's working on uh, working with our donors to align uh, a more open scholarship criteria, meaning allowing more people to be able to apply. So, so for instance, if we have um, a donor who many years has been giving a scholarship to an Asian female student in a certain major, we're going to broaden that. Um, and so, you know, we, we want to be more inclusive. And so we're working with our donors who set the criteria. And that's something that Kristen Charles is working very hard with our donors. And um, that is a project in motion at, as we speak. Yeah, I also just wanted to say thank you for the numbers of students um, and how many are, are actually applying for scholarships. It was a little bit challenging to follow, though, from semester to semester academic year. I couldn't figure out where one began and one ended mm -hmm. um, so that I think adding that information to that slide would be helpful. Sure. Um, I'm curious about how determinations are made or who makes those determinations mm -hmm. and whether there's any collaboration with equity. Yes, for sure. So a lot of our um, scholarship committees, they do blind um, reviews. So they don't actually see the student's name and which, you know, kind of removes that, uh, which is really nice. But um, we have various people. There's a lot of committees uh, that volunteer uh, including faculty and counselors, the, even the, the general scholarship committee has opened it up to classified staff. So we even have outside reviewers, like I said, retired uh, faculty, uh, just people in the community that just want to uh, give and support our students. So it's a, a very mixed variety. But if, if the foundation or the board would really like a list of all of our scholarship coordinators and their team members, we could provide that. And then do you all use like a, a rubric so that it's consistent as people are 
each, yeah, each scholarship uh, committee is can come up with their own rubric. The general scholarship, which offers 25 of our scholarships, they use the same rubric um, and they score people uh, based on that. But there are some departments that have their own way of scoring and it can be very unique. It's all based on really what the donor of the scholarship and the committee decide. Okay. And then um, I noticed that one of the categories was Middle Eastern and I don't often see that in other, I don't know, inquiries or, um, and so I found that very interesting because I think sometimes students tend to put that they're white because they've had to put that, um, because there usually isn't that category, but I was just curious about that and just how some of the language lines up with other language that is or isn't used, um, throughout the college. Okay, I, I that I can talk to Kevin about and find out if that's a pre-populated on scholarship universe category or um, how that comes uh, is sent to the system. So Middle Eastern. Okay, I'll check with him on that. Thank Should you. Should I report back to you on that? I think yeah, to everyone <laughs> would be good. Okay, Thank you. all right. Yep. Um, and I will ask a few questions and unfortunately, um, committee members, nope, don't say sorry. Um, committee members, we are going to have to, um, hold discussion on this just in the interest of time. Um, so, um, I think the one thing that I'm trying to understand a little bit better from one of the data slides was that I think the comparison of the, um, our student demographics to um, students that receive a scholarship is really important, but I guess I'm also curious about like the rate and the proportion of students who apply and that makeup, race, ethnicity makeup, and then who is actually awarded. I don't know if that, that would be possible. Um, and then I think the other piece that I would like a little better understanding is um, I, I did a little bit of digging around and I've seen some universities, um, and I've talked to students at US, USF as well, and they have, USF got rid of the letter of recommendation component of the, of their scholarship universe program, just, um, to reduce kind of the burden. Sometimes students have to wait. I remember waiting for my professor to like give me a letter of recommendation and it didn't come in time and then I couldn't apply for the scholarship. So, um, and they've identified alternatives for that. So I don't know if that's something that can be considered. I do understand that probably the folks who are awarding, they have certain things that they require, um, but I don't know how we would engage in that process and um, flexibility there. And then I think, I am curious about the proportion of our scholarships and which ones are merit-based and which ones are need-based. Um, so just a kind of a better understanding of that. And then I think, is there a plan to, um, and, and maybe this is a two-part discussion of how we can work with the foundation to increase um, scholarships for students that um do not meet kind of are not able to meet the other uh need-based criteria that we we use such as Pell and CCPG um and so kind of getting to some of our um international students who could be refugees as well I had a I, I had a student that I reached out that was um a refugee and was looking for financial resources and could not afford the 200 something per unit um and, and, that's, I think, and that's a good point because international students, you know, they don't have the ability to fill out a FAFSA or a DREAM right. Act, right? So um, if if the donor has the criteria of you've got to have that on file or, you know, we're looking at financial mm -hmm. need, that's a struggle, right? right? And so, you know, of course, we're always looking for donors that are willing to uh, donate money and scholarships and open a scholarship for international, but, you know, that that's a challenge. Right. Yeah. And I think that I think that um, I'd love for us to figure out how we can kind of amp that area up. And it seems like it would require maybe some dialogue with the foundation. And then the last thing that I wanted to say is that if I was a student thinking about going to City College and um, I did not 
kind of make that full commitment, but I was interested in going. And if I saw that I could apply for a scholarship, I would be incentivized because, but I'm curious to know that it seems like the only way to get the scholarship is if you're in the MyRAM portal. And so you would have to have a student ID and everything. Is that, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to, I guess I can speak to my grad school experience. When I applied for grad school, the faculty simultaneously considered me for a scholarship, which played a huge factor in my decision to accept. And so I just don't know if that's a process or something that we do. As far as I know, you have to be enrolled at City College in order to get like an internal scholarship that we offer. Now, if they want to go on the platform and do external where they're competing against everyone in the United States, and they win that that scholarship, it would come to the school. But Mm -hmm. yeah, you have to be a student here enrolled in in classes. Mm -hmm. Or uh, some of our scholarships don't pay out until like you transfer. We have quite a few that do it that way as well. So they apply in spring and say they're getting ready to transfer in fall. Then it pays out in the fall to their new school. We send that award to their uh, four-year you know, school, university. Got it. Um, thank you so much, Lisa. So sure, I, sure. I, I, again, this probably warrants further discussion. Um, okay. And we'll have to kind of map this out. Um, but I really, really want to thank you for joining sure. us today and um, appreciate you kind of hearing some of the you know, the space that the board members are at uh, on this topic. So really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of wrap us up. So I don't know, procedurally, Chancellor Martin, should I make a motion to table um, the next item just for purposes? Uh, of certainly, that could be a process option. We could also uh, just bring it back through uh, conversations with the chair as well, but it's up to you. Um, let's just uh, kind of do this procedurally so we have it on the record. Can I get a motion to table the next item, item B, which is the hiring data report? Uh, and what about um, item nope. 7A? Sorry, um, I don't so. have the, can someone put the agenda? Yeah, there's the review and update as existing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. I'm getting to that next. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I, I move to table item 6B. Mm-hmm. So, so moved by Trustee Chung. Um, seconded. Seconded by student trustee Brandt. Uh, uh, Linda, could we please have roll? Student trustee Brandt, advisory vote. Aye. Chair Chisty. Aye. Trustee Chung. Aye. The motion passes. All right. And now moving on to item 7A. And um, my understanding, this is just kind of letting us know what's in the process of review or no, this is, I'm sorry, Chancellor, can you talk about 7A? Thank you, Trustee Chisty. So as we've been working on the last uh, 12 months in preparation for the accreditation visit is reviewing uh, board policies that have not been reviewed in quite some time. Uh, So our PGC uh, has reviewed uh, these board policies uh, in two different uh, meetings and made the recommendation to the full board. Uh, these are not uh, policies that have material or significant changes. Uh, they were updated for any uh, ed code requirements, uh, but ultimately they can be brought back to the Student Success Committee for a first read in August uh, if we wanted to bring it to the full board at the August regular meeting. But these have gone through our governance process. Thank you, Chancellor Martin. Um, Linda, do we have any public comment? No, we do not. Great. Um, I. I, I see you, um, Trustee Chung. I think that some of these board policies um, do require further vetting by the board, um, specifically the ones that pertain to the board um, around our committees. And I have requested for there to be an ad hoc committee to review these board policies in more detail. So I would like um, to not move um, these board policies in the entirety to the full board quite at this time so that they could be further vetted um, by the Student Successor Policy Committee or the ad hoc committee that I've requested. Yep. And Tracy Chung. Actually, and, and part of that is the clarification question, because my underst- I don't know if I understood that correctly, um, Dr. Martin, but because we're trying to review it in, in preparation for accreditation visit, does it need to go before the board to be sort of voted on? And then we can just circle back and amend it later? Yes, you can certainly, the board may uh, go back at a later date and dive into uh, the language. Uh, but what we've been doing to prepare 
uh, is getting the subcommittee to do the first review. Uh, the board would then do the second full review so we can say it's gone through our process and then we can flag ones that want to come back at a later time uh, for a detailed uh, review by an ad hoc committee. So is there, I mean, I, like, when do we have to send this to the full board by? <laughs> Uh, ideally, it would be before uh, the visit in October, uh, okay. but we could certainly uh, adjust as to how the board would like. So why don't we hold off uh, for now, if that's okay, um, and we can kind of further vet these board policies. Um, this is not an action item, so are we just kind of discussing? Uh, that is correct because the, the assumption was that due to the number of board policies that uh, bringing it back to the August subcommittee uh, may be. Uh, Got it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, all right. Now moving on to future agenda items. We have, um, I'm also, thank you so much, Chancellor Martin and Grace for kind of putting this together, but we've been, I'm going to be implementing kind of a tracker um of the different items that are um requested by committee members and then uh like we start mapping out when we think we can hear them so that um members are aware of what's in the queue and um and just kind of where we are with things i think um the other thing that i wanted to let committee members know that i would like to bring to our committee structure is that uh, members fill out um, a request form if they would like an item to be heard at a future agenda. And I think that's twofold. The first piece is that um, it will help the administration with tracking. And the second piece is that it really um, creates an opportunity for trustees um, to elaborate on what they want exactly from the presentation. And is there a particular goal in mind for that presentation and just kind of create somewhat of a paper trail that I think can help us all. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but appreciate everyone kind of doing this trial with me. Um, all right. So is there anything else that I was supposed to mention? I don't think so. So adjournment. Um, is there a motion to, okay, trustee Chung is ready to go, student trustee? Seconded. Seconded by student trustee Brent. Um, roll call by acclamation. We are adjourned at 6.40, no, 7.48.